Elisa, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. We were just saying how we're visually coordinated with the pink and the white and the grey <laughs> lots going on. <laughs> yeah, it's the best thing I ever did. <laughs> now I want to come. Huh? It's a wonderful story. I really love the alignment of this because I was very aware of your work uh, when the books were coming out and everything. I think we had books out around the same time, but I don't think we ever met. I just knew that you were doing your thing over there and you know reaching lots of people. And um, I just was talking to a friend here and we were just like wondering about people from the past in the raw food scene. So I just had a feeling to look some people up and I just totally resonated with what you're doing and where you're at. And the connection was instant when I reached out to you. I just felt like we're totally on the same page. So I'm really yeah. excited <laughs> for this alignment. And we're bringing the magical energies together from Sedona to Uber. It's a big portal here. So that's very exciting as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know. I felt an instant connection. And like we were saying, I, I feel like... Um, you know, we were both into like the raw food and promoting that, but I feel like it's funny we're connecting now, you know, at kind of different, different times, but in different ways, like more with the spiritual stuff and everything. So. Well, I wanted to start by going back to that because, you know, it was a very special moment in time, really. And we did feel, well, we were kind of leading the way, right, with a movement. Do you want mm -hmm. to share like how you got into raw foods in the first place and how it was um, you know, when it was really popular at that time when the books were coming out? Sure, yeah. Um, so I, when I got into raw food, I really couldn't find any information at all. It was like Ian Wigmore's recipes for a longer life and, you know, the mucusless diet and stuff. I, there was really nothing out there because it was like over 30 years ago. And <clears throat> I started having different, all different stuff like fibromyalgia and all kinds of stuff. So, um, and I owned a health food store when I was 22 and I was always into health. So I was always searching and, um, I started to do kind of like through those couple of books and just like intuitively eating more raw food. And my background is really in the spiritual stuff, but people started to know me through the raw food because, I'm a cranial sacral therapist and a polarity therapist and breathwork facilitate, you know, any, like I'm pretty much certified in anything you can imagine. Um, but that back then, nobody really knew what that was, let alone, you know, the raw food was a whole different thing, but it was easier to turn people onto raw food because everyone wants to lose weight and feel good and look good. So that was kind of the direction that I went and um, I started doing it and I just felt unbelievable and I healed myself of all different things and I started working with other people and you know it's just miraculous to see people's shift I mean uh energetically and you know physically so um I just was kind of hooked and yeah then I wanted to turn more people onto it and years later I moved to California and I worked with somebody who said you really should write a book what we did for five days, you know, when you came to stay with me and it just kind of all happened. And, um, you know, at one point I, um, I was doing like four day trainings where people would come from all over the world and train with me. And, um, and it was all 
like spiritually based, but it was just under the guise of raw food, but people's lives would be changed and, you know, and physically, mentally, emotionally between the food and the spiritual stuff. And then I opened a couple of restaurants and um, really kind of at that point I had like two huge shipping departments and I was on TV on Tyra Banks and the Today Show and stuff. And then I just got burnt out. And um, I just finally was like, what am I doing? I'm like helping other people to heal, but I'm really burnt out with everything I'm doing. And this isn't really the way I want to live my life. I was glad I did it. And I was glad I put out the books and, you know, opened the restaurants and stuff. But then I kind of came back to my roots and what I've always done behind the scenes, but it's not that no one knew, but I would like counsel people and do, you know, healing work with people on therapy and process, deep process work and, um, you know, all kinds of, all, all kinds of stuff with people. But um, it was like the raw food was my focus. And I just kind of um, went through a lot of different changes. I gave my, my husband passed away 11 years ago and um, I, I gave myself a concussion like six years ago and all these things that I was like, okay, let me like something's, I'm not like really on the path, you know, I'm not really like I'm doing all the stuff behind the scenes under the guise of raw food. So that's when I kind of changed all like my whole focus to the spiritual stuff. That's why so, I really in a nutshell. <laughs> That's what I really resonated with when you said you came out of the spiritual closet because that's how exactly how I felt. It's like I was using the raw food as a cover to really, it's about elevating vibration. For me, the raw food is a vibration. And like you said, 30 years ago, you couldn't say to people, I want to elevate your vibration, but you could say, right. here's a raw lasagna. <laughs> right. How, yeah. How does it make you feel? Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, like when I, when I did my four day trainings, it, I was, I called it a raw food teacher training. And it's still funny to this day because I would have 30 people come from all over the world. I mean, every class had people from, you know, just everywhere. And it was amazing to me that nobody complained and said, you know, I thought this was supposed to be a raw food class because I would process people at nine o'clock in the morning. I would start it. They were like long 12 hour days. And I would say, look, this is teacher training, learning readiness. I, you know, I'm ready to teach because I've been up, I've watched my dogs, I've talked to my kitchen staff, but I need to make sure that you're ready to learn. So let's go around the room and just do a brain dump and see what's bubbling up. And I would literally process each person. And if I, you know, stand in front of someone, I can read their heart. So I would, you know, they'd be, the whole class would be bawling their eyes out and it would go on to like one in the afternoon. My kitchen staff would be like, are we ready to do the raw food? And I'd be like, no, <laughs> but you know, and then on Monday, they'd be like, what happened? <laughs> like the whole class has been crying for four days. And they were like, I thought I was going to do a raw food retreat, you know, but it was magical. And like you said, I didn't, it didn't matter to me whether it's food or spirituality or whatever, it's all about raising your vibration and elevating your soul and spirit. So yeah, however, and they kind of go hand in hand, you know, what you eat affects how you feel mentally. Um, so yeah, but you know, I would do it under the guise of raw food, you know? And yeah. And then I was like, all right, I have to come out of the closet and really say, this is really what I do. The food is more just, you know, the cover up. Yeah. <laughs> It was always a spiritual thing and yeah. I thought everyone in raw foods 
had the same understanding that it was a spiritual thing and then very quickly I realized that it wasn't like people were into it for all kinds of other reasons yeah so were you always just naturally a spiritual person was that always your kind of guiding force yeah I mean ever since I was little um I've always seen you know talk to dead people when I was little and I've always been um had I remember laying under my piano in the living room when I was like five years old and all my little friends were hiding in the keys under the piano and yeah so it was always in me and then even as a teenager you know that was my thing I didn't really know like what to do with it but I was I could always like read people and and you know and that was like I'm gonna be 55 so that was you know like 45 years ago or something you know I was always like tuned in and tapped in but I didn't really know a lot of people who were I mean I'm sure there were people and you know but I didn't know a lot of people spirituality wasn't like it was today where you know the consciousness is so much different even in the last five years I mean you know, even when I would do like inner child work and inner adolescent work and shame and rage and, you know, future self and all, nobody knew what I was talking about, you know, even 10 years ago. Now it's like everyone does it, you know. When the secret came out, that made it a lot easier. Right. Then you could just yeah. say law of attraction and people. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, can we just go back to that time? Because I know. I can resonate with that as well as like the kind of burnout of trying to do everything and write the books and teach the classes yeah. and do all the appearances. But at the same time, it was very exciting. And it was a moment in time that kind of, because raw foods isn't trendy at all now. And right. you know, from where I am, there's not a lot of people interested in learning about raw foods, but there mm -hmm. was a point when it was like the, the coolest thing. So can you just describe that moment a bit for us and how it was to <coughs> be on that wave of it? Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, my life kind of exploded. I, um, I never, I mean, I'm not, it's funny because I have two books. So I always say like, I'm not a writer. It wasn't my thing, but for me, I just wanted to get the word of raw food out. Like when I saw what it did for me and other people, I was like, how can I not share this with the world? Like, this is the message I'm supposed to bring to the planet because I was so passionate about it, you know, it really healed me and everybody around me. I mean, I was really like, you know, working with people from, you know, weight loss to cancer to, you know, any, everything. So I was, you know, super excited about it. Um, even though, again, my background was in the spiritual stuff, you know, I saw how this was so instant and people were like ready to jump on the bandwagon with it, you know, because they thought it, they, it could heal them and make them feel better or lose weight, you know? Um, and then I, so I was just like going a hundred million miles an hour with it. And when I wrote my book, um, I just wanted to like travel and turn people on to it. And, but then, you know, like anything, it turned into a huge business and it, this was before it got, you know, super popular. It was like, just on like David Wolf and Juliana, like we all wrote books at the same time. So it just exploded. And once I was on, actually when I was on TV, that was it. I was selling like 150 bucks a day. I was selling, and at the time I was selling like coconut oil and namashoyu and stuff, cause you couldn't get that stuff anywhere. <laughs> so I had a huge, you know, I'm selling like Nori and, 
And uh, yeah, my business just exploded, but it was really fun. I mean, it was really cool. It was the kind of like my heyday. And, um, and then I was like traveling all over the world, teaching and um, yeah, it was, and again, opening restaurants, which was so cool. I opened a restaurant right in the center, right in the heart of Boston in the North end, which is like, there's like a hundred Italian restaurants in one square mile or something. It's, it's crazy. And, um, and my friends were like, you're going to open a restaurant, a raw food restaurant in the middle. It's called little Italy. And nobody even, knew. it was so cool. The first night I opened, it was kind of like pure food and wine in New York and super upscale, you know? And there was a three hour wait the first night and people, yeah. And it was a tiny place, but people couldn't wrap their heads around what it was like people I'd have like um you know raw ravioli and they it would be turnip and they would say well what's the pasta and I would say well it's not pasta it's turnip with the nut cheese and they'd say no I know but what's the wrap what's the ravioli what you know it was so good and gourmet so it was fun to turn people on to you know who wouldn't normally go out search for a book because if you don't know something that something exists, you don't know how to ask for it, you know? So this was like just going out to dinner and realizing you could have amazing food and feel good. So that was really cool to be able to do. Well, what, what year did the books come out? And what year were the restaurants? I'm really bad with, with time, like, <laughs> especially being in Sedona, because it's like I'm jumping time every day. I'll just tell you a funny, I went to hike Bell Rock the other morning and it was like 7.20 in the morning and I got there. It took me, it takes like a half an hour to get to the base of the mountain. And I hiked up a little, sat there, I was meditating, hanging out for probably like an hour, hiked back to my car, got in the car and it was quarter of eight. And I'm like, oh, all right, I'm in Sedona. <laughs> so like every day that's happening. So yeah, <laughs> I, well, I wrote my first book, I think 2005. Uh-huh. And then, oh God, I don't remember. I forget when the second, I actually, I was living in Laguna Beach and I had a, um, a, um, literary agent write me and say, we want your book. And I was really flattered. And, um, and then I realized I had to give up the rights to it. And my first book's like my baby, you know? And I said, no, but I'll write, I'll write another book for you. So when I opened my restaurants, I called her and I said, do you still want me to, you know, write the book? So, um, that was probably like, I don't know five years later or something like yeah, that so. yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah I still feel it will have another wave of being trendy do you feel that the raw food yeah yeah I mean it's funny it's shifted now so much like everyone's into plant-based you know but yeah I feel like the raw food is kind of I don't know the novelty of it or something wore off I'm not sure you know it is the most think... diet on the planet so yeah I interviewed Gabrielle Cousins a couple of years ago maybe 2019 and I asked him why he felt that it wasn't trendy anymore and he said because it's a spiritual diet and yeah. a lot of the people that were promoting it weren't foundation their foundation wasn't that spirituality and so it kind of went off key so I thought that was oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. It's like you have to be 
in your truth, right? You have to be yeah. raw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the pro. I think that's, yeah, I think that's a huge part of why people can't stay on a raw food diet or they just kind of stray from it because not just like physically, it's, you know, sometimes hard in society, you know, to stay, um, to like live, and I don't know, I've never lived a normal lifestyle, but, you know, to like fit into society and do what most people are doing, going out to eat or, you know, eating cooked food and other stuff. Um, but yeah, I think it's like you're, you know, I used to tell people this in my class, people would say, why do people fall off a raw food diet? And I would say, I think there's two reasons. One is the, just the basic, like you're not prepared. You don't know anybody else who's raw, you know, you're not in that environment, you know, but I also think there's something that happens. And I always explain it like, here's your life. Here you are vibrating at this certain level. This is your vibration. This is, you know, your relationship, your work, what you do every day, your family. And, you know, here's you, and this is where you vibrate. And when you eat raw food, you know, you can do it other ways through spiritual pursuits and other stuff, but with raw food, it raises your vibration. So then all the stuff down here, like when you're in it, it doesn't feel as painful. Like you're in the muck, but when you start to rise out of that, then this, like whatever's not working your life, something, one of two things has to happen. You either have to let go of what's not working, right? And then keep your vibration high or, you have to lower your vibration and people do it through not just food, but alcohol, drugs, whatever, so that it doesn't feel like this disconnect is too painful. So you lower your vibration. And I think for a lot of people, like they're, you know, they're not getting rid of the things in their life that's not working. So they have to numb themselves out. So it's hard to stay at that vibration. Right, right. Because it is a spiritual so. practice ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um in 2020 when everything started happening I had a really different perspective on it from like 99% of the world and I wasn't in the buying the mainstream narrative camp and I wasn't in the we're going to be controlled by robots <laughs> camp but I saw this as the birth of the ascension process ultimately and um, I've actually felt, obviously, you know, we've all had our challenges in the past two couple of years, and I don't want to say it's all been plain sailing, but mm. I've actually felt a lot of release and a lot of freedom. And like you were saying about coming out of the spiritual closet, I found it even easier to just kind of like, you know, it feels even more important now to just say, this is what I'm about. This is what I believe in this is the way I see the world and that we are here on this ascension process at this time. And that really involves screening a lot of that distraction and noise out and really stepping into the truth of what we've come here to, to be. And it really is a lot more about being, I feel, than doing. That's part of the shift we all have to make internally is to yeah. um, take ourselves out of this idea of like, if we're not doing something, we're not important and really understanding our energy and what we're bringing. And obviously when I had a little investigate around your website, I could see you're totally, like one of the first blog posts I found was what is Ascension? And I was like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> <My girl. laughs> 
telling it, I'm telling it like it is. So we, we start by just getting into divine feminine because obviously to me you seem to be someone who's totally connected into their divine feminine. So what does divine feminine mean to you and how do you yeah, how do you express that in the world? Um, so it's, I love the subject. Um, and it's, you know, it's taken me years to get it. And I will say when I gave myself a concussion in 2017, that kind of, I was on my couch for like eight months, it totally put me out. And I, I've had that happen, but you know, I'm an experiential learner. So I keep saying, I don't need to learn like that anymore, but <laughs> Um, but you know, basically like smashed myself over the head with a steel bar from the gym and, um, I was on the couch and my, um, there's not a lot of people I listen to, but I had, uh, one of my friends who's like hundred percent clairvoyant, had, like was kind of talking, walking me through that, that those eight months. And he said to me, he kept saying to me, just be. And, you know, I'm such a doer, but I'm also super tapped in and spiritual. And I'm like, I know how to be, you know, I didn't at all <laughs> because I was like, I'm being, what do you mean? Like, what am I supposed to sit here and eat bonbons and watch Netflix, never do anything with my life? I mean, I'm on the couch with a concussion. I'm being, and he was like, you're not getting it. <laughs> so it, that was one of the hardest practices. I mean, I love that you said that, like we're being called to just be and not do. And that has been my biggest lesson for, you know, it took me years to get, it wasn't like weeks or months. I mean, to really get, and I thought I got it. And then I would start to do, 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 and get into that, that, you know, different energy. And it really took me years to learn the just being and also to be able to create and just be like, it's, you know, it's an interesting concept. Um, so that's what I've been practicing for so long. So when all the stuff happened, um, you know, in 2020, it didn't really affect my life that much. Cause I was already in that space of being in the flow, being in the, you know, it wasn't, and I, I agree. Like, I thought it was more about, okay, this is, you know, I think everything happens for a reason and we create our reality 100%, no exception. And, um, you know, I was like, this is, people are going to check out people are, other people are going to step up. It's about creating the new world that we want to be in. And is it going to be a world of hate or a world of love? And we get to choose because we're the map makers. Right. And, so, you know, it's a, it's a huge time for people to be able to stand up and be in our truth. And that's, what's going to change the world. So, yeah. And I feel yeah. like hearing and receiving the wisdom of older women is an important part of it, because in our culture, certainly when we were growing up, it was very much about the sexualized version of women, right? And the wisdom right. of the feminine as what yeah. has through which is being yeah. really repressed by mainstream culture, but, you know, people like ourselves are birthing it. And then there's people that are, yeah, trying to shift into this kind of energy, right? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, like the goddess energy, right? The, and like you talked about the divine feminine, like how do, um, you know, it, 
and that was a big lesson for me. And I, you know, probably for you too. I don't like the, again, like the doing, like the masculine, but how do I stay in the divine feminine and in the creation and do it a different way without the go, 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 do, 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 be, 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 you know? And, um, you know, I really kind of had a shift my whole energy to like be in the divine wisdom, the goddess wisdom and the creation and, and really like, how do I put that out there in a way that it's not like it's in my truth and in alignment and mm -hmm. it's not like pushing, it's more just like allowing. Mm -hmm. And so what about Ascension? Tell us, <laughs> what is Ascension? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Um, I mean, for me, Ascension, you know, people talk about like moving into 5D and shifting into the 5D and leaving the 3D, which I've never been attached. I've never been that attached to th the 3D world. I mean, of course I am because I live in it, but, you know, I've always been a meditator and I've always been like, to me, like I always tell people this, like what you see around you is the illusion, like the table, the computer, the, you know, whatever is the illusion. Like when I'm in meditation, that's, that's reality. Right. right? And so I've always felt like, you know, that's where I try to live, you know, as best I can. Um, and I think Ascension to me is just like waking up, you know, being in your truth and, and people who have, don't like have never done that like really be standing in your power and being um like living from um you know not being attached to like uh the 3d world not getting hooked in and just really like living yeah living your truth living in the flow and and really just always being like anytime something happens to me I'm always like why did I or if somebody does something to me I'm always like why did I create that it's all my creation <clears throat> so and if it's not you know people I know some people get charged around that um but to me you know or like it's um yeah, like to me, it's more, it's so empowering because if I realize like I create everything, then I have the power to change everything, mm -hmm. you know? And if you don't think that, then you're powerless. So that to me is like the ascension of, you know, just people waking up and realizing that we are spiritual human beings. We can manifest whatever we want. We can create whatever we want. We just make this you know, this reality, this environment that's around us, we just make it too real. Mm. And that's when it gets hard. Yeah, I like to say ascension is an embodiment process because people have this idea of, you know, like, you know, going back to maybe 2012 times that we were all going to like leave the planet or something. Right, um, right. Actually, it's about, it's about shifting the frequency of the physical form, right? So it's about bringing those energies into bringing those energies into the density rather than yeah. the density disappear it's a it's a transformation process right and it's very yeah. physical, which is where i think all the food comes in mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely i don't think we're going to not be here like even when people talk about enlightenment you know i always think like if i'm never going to be so enlightened i mean i'm in a physical body so there's always going to be more like, and I have people say to me, well, when am I going to be done with, 
you know, the inner child's work. When am I going to be done with the negative ego? When am I get? It's like, never. There's all, you know, we're human, you know, <laughs> once you die, you'll be done, you know, and then you'll start over in another reality, you know, unless, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's very clear that you have a very strong relationship with Mother Earth. Do you want to talk about that relationship to Gaia? Um, yeah, so I've been an herbalist forever. So that's kind of my, I've always been connected to the plants and the the diva spirits and the gins and all that. Um, I actually, so I have an apothecary under my house wow. um, in Massachusetts. Yeah, I made, um, it's really, really cool. I made like an apothecary. It's awesome. It looks like an old fashioned apothecary with like a hundred herb jars. And I opened it for a while and people were coming in, but I mean, I make tinctures and, you know, sobs and all kinds of stuff, but, um, and it's funny. I also do, I make, um, I haven't made one in a while, but I make, um, goddess dolls. They're like on a board and they're kind of these spiritual clay dolls. And, um, the first time I met one of my friends years ago, she was like, <laughs> they look like gins. You're a gin. Look, you know, look at your feet. They're always dirty. You're always barefoot <laughs> outside, you know? So yeah, I mean, I've always been connected to the herbs and to me, it's like part of the raw food and right. And, um, and even now, you know, gotten into more like mushrooms and, you know, all that stuff. Cause I think that's, that's going to help the ascension, um, in humanity, you know? Did you try and get into nature every day? Oh yeah. I don't feel good if I'm not in nature every day. Yeah. And I have to say, I mean, now I'm, I'm on a mountain every day, you know, I'm hiking and, um, but I miss the ocean. I mean, I'm such a mermaid that like, I've never not lived near the ocean. I grew up on an ocean. I live like two minutes from an ocean. I've lived in Laguna beach, California for a while. And now I'm in the desert, you know, I don't really get how people do it. <laughs> I mean, it's cool here, but I'm looking forward to going home. <laughs> and I've never been to Sedona. Just tell us a little bit about the energies there. I can't even explain how trippy it is out here. Like the first month I was out here, I kept saying to my friends back home, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Like, that's all I could say. I couldn't describe it. It's weird. The energy is weird. But, and I wanted to leave. I mean, I planned on staying here for six months. So I never decided to come out here. I mean, I came out, one of my really close friends moved out here four years ago and he's been out here for four years. So finally he was like, you gotta come out and visit. So in October, I think October, um, I came out for a week and I didn't like, I mean, I did fall in love with it. I loved it, it was really cool. I met a couple of people through him and, <clears throat> went home and I got off the plane. I mean, I wasn't even consciously thinking this. I got home, a friend of mine picked me up and she said, did you like it? I said, yeah, I feel like I'm supposed to be there. That next morning, my close friend called and said, hey, do you wanna come look at a two bedroom apartment with me? I need to rent an apartment. And I said, why don't you rent my house? And she said, okay. And then later that night, my, one of my friends who I had met here through my friend called and said, I know it sounds weird, but if you want to come back out, my friend is leaving and she has this big two bedroom, two bath place and she's renting it. And it's, I mean, wicked expensive out here. It's like crazy. And it was like, not, it was the same price. Actually, it was the exact same price I was going to rent my house for. 
And I was like, okay. And then I called my sister in Florida and I said, you got to come because I have my 19 year old dog with me. And I said, you got to come drive Rocco and I out to Sedona. And halfway here, I mean, this was like a month later, not even. And halfway here, I looked at my sister and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, what am I doing? I don't think I thought this through because you always do stuff like this. And I went, no, this is real. You know, because I can work from anywhere like online, but I was like, what is happening? I'm moving to Sedona. So, but it's funny. I tell that story and everyone here is like, oh, that's everyone's story. <laughs> it just calls you. Right. But then, um, so I moved in the middle of December and by February I was, I called my sister and I said, listen, you need to come back and get me. I don't want to be here. I mean, it kicked my ass, this energy. It was crazy. And it was like subtle, but super intense. So every month I called her and I'm like, okay, time to go, get to come out and get me. And then her daughter, my niece broke her hip. And then her other daughter, she was going to come out the following month. Her other daughter broke her leg. I'm like, okay, I'm creating people breaking bones. So I have to stay here. Like what is happening? <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. And I knew I had to be here and, you know, I realized a ton of stuff and I, it, it was pretty wild stuff. I knew I had to leave um, where I was and kind of, you know, have this experience. And I was a little too comfortable in my little, I have what I, my house is pink. So it's like the little pink house near the beach. It's really cool, but it was a healing place for me after my husband passed away and which was great. And it's this incredible place. And, but I felt almost too safe. And I the last couple of years was saying to myself, you know, I don't want to be here. I want to be here out of choice. I don't want to be here out of fear. And I don't want to live my, the rest of my life out of fear. And it was crazy. I wasn't scared to go places, but you know, somewhere I knew there was some deep rooted fear that I was safe there. So this definitely got me out of my comfort zone. And, but it's, it's an interesting energy, man. I mean, there's spaceships over my house every night. Wow, like, just about that. Oh, it's crazy. Like the first night I saw them, I was like, okay, that's not a plane or a station or a star. And I have a ton of videos and pictures. And I was like, I don't know what this is, if it's not a spaceship. And then I was talking to some, some guy out here I met in the dog store and he's lived here for 50 years. He's a psychic. He goes, oh yeah. He goes, yeah, they're all over. And oh yeah, they're watching you. And I was like, <laughs> they're just all over. And then I go up to Bell Rock and I do light language and I meditate and I get sucked right in. I'm in the middle of the control center. I mean, it's crazy. Wow. wow. Yeah. So let's, but it's, that's, that's one of my questions. Is that yeah. one of the biggest curiosities at the moment? Um, really into the work of Ruben Langdon. I don't know if you know him. He's doing yeah. amazing work and he, interviews people who are channelers and then he interviews the beings that they channel oh wow i'm starting to learn about all those different races you know from around the galaxy yeah but you spoke already about having this connection with non-physical beings right from a child yeah how has that developed for you that kind of um yeah, that relationship with non-physical beings, is it something that's always been present for you? And do you kind of, are there things you do, you said about the meditation, how do you cultivate it? And also, 
how do you interpret them? Do you do you understand that they're angels or from other galaxies or like how what framework of understanding do you have? It's like my biggest curiosity. <laughs> yeah, I love talking about this, but it's um it's funny, you know, I've always like yeah, like I said, I've all it's not like new. So at first, like when I first would start to talk to people about this, I was like. I don't know. There's not like, I just open up to the divine and like whatever comes in. Cause to me, it wasn't like anything new. And like, I've always had a deep connection to my higher self and God, goddess, all that is what it, you know, for me, it's just like opening up to the divine. And, um, I do, I was like doing a little bit of channeling. I've done that off and on, but I'm not like really into, for me, like into channeling, like one being, you know, and I've done that before, but like, for me, it's like the universal energy. And I feel like there's, um, you know, it can be funny with channeling. Like you don't know who somebody's calling in. There's a lot of spirits out there. There's a lot of everything out there. Right. And it's like, you got to be a really clear channel and make sure like what you're channeling is the truth. And for me, I just open up to the divine and call in people's highest and best. And, you know, it's like, I, I don't, I feel like I just call in source energy and, um, I've just kind of always been able to do, you know, I've always been able to talk to dead people. I've always been able to, you know, channel in the information and it's more of like a knowing. So, you know, sometimes I'll pull cards for people. Sometimes I'll do like the bells and whistles. Cause I feel like that's what people need, you know, like sometimes people need something to hook onto, but I kind of just know, I don't really need to, you know, use anything. Um, and then the light language, you know, it's funny because now there's like a whole thing about light language and everything. And um, it, it's, it was my friend out here. I was on the phone with him when I was back in Massachusetts and we were talking one day and he said something. And I said, what? And he said, nothing. And I said, what did you just say? And he said, nothing. What did you say? And I said, I thought you said light language. And he said, no, I didn't say that, but that is a thing. I mean, it was so weird. I was supposed to hear it. And I went, it's a thing. And I looked it up and I was like, I've done that for 30 years. That's, you know, for years, like, that's what I do. Like, I, that's how I talk to myself. And my sister, my older sister said to me, you've been doing that since you were a little kid. And um, so now, you know, I do a lot of light language, but I've been like channeling it in more. And I feel like that's super powerful, you know, like on my Tuesday night healings, I do a little of that. And then I just do, um, distance healing and then a little bit of light language but I have a lot of YouTube um, videos up with the light language and I feel like it's you know just gotten more and more powerful so so you just feel it's coming from source you're not putting any kind of you don't you don't like a be any particular galactic race or anything no and it's funny you know there were a few people out here that I became friends with one was a, a big channeler and um, he said you know, you got to go to Bell Rock. He was the first one to tell me to go to Bell Rock because he was like, you got to go to Bell Rock and they're trying to talk to you and you're part of the Galactic Federation. And I do, you know, it's funny because as out there as I am, I'm pretty, not like super practical. I wouldn't really say I'm a practical person, but I don't know. Like sometimes people will say, well, I'm channeling like Huka Muka from the eighth dimension. I'm like, really? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Maybe you are. Maybe that's what they've told you. But 
I'm like super, I'm really careful of that because you don't know what beings, there's a lot of stuff out there, you know? And I know, like I've worked with a channel for years. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Lazarus material. I've worked with him for like 35 years and um, he's super clear. And, um, you know, he, he used to talk about how there's like all these beings and they can be tricksters and you got to be careful about who you're working with. So for me, I just open up to the light. I open up to the highest dimension. Like I don't really call in a lot of beings. I kind of go directly to source and I see it as like the highest source energy, you know? What did you say his name was? Uh, Lazarus, the Lazarus material. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty intense information. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the other buzzword at the moment is new earth. I wanted to ask what new earth looks like to you. What does that mean to you? Um, yeah, I mean, kind of like what we talked about before, you know, I have friends who are like, it's going to be a new earth and it's, you know, we're slipping into the 5D and it's going to like be a completely different planet that we're ascending to. And I don't really believe that. I just think that we have a choice, like we're going to choose love or hate. And if, you know, hopefully it's moving towards love and as people awaken, it's going to be a more conscious, like the consciousness of the planet is going to shift. And we're going to see that in the way people relate to each other and the ways people choose to work and to live and to, you know, I just think we're going to see that shifting just as we have like with raw food or just people like, you know, years, 10 years ago, nobody knew what energy work was like the consciousness has has changed and I think it's speeding up and I think it's a different kind of awakening where it's like it's everything's getting sped up um but do I think I'm going to be on like living on the astral plane I don't think so in this lifetime you know but um I think just as like Atlanta Atlantis and Lemuria like we blew ourselves up right you know, I don't know if that's going to happen on this planet. Like if we're going to live to see that, I think that might eventually happen unless we like shift things, you know, but I feel like we're still going to be on this planet in the physical form that we're in. It's just, we're going to ascend mentally and spiritually to a different, like a higher realm and a different vibration. So, and I do think <clears throat> when you get you know, you know, like when you raise your vibration, then everything to that degree, when you're vibrating in a different space, it feels like a different space and time and your reality looks different to you. And the more people that do that, it'll be like higher consciousness and more love and more joy and more bliss. I think it's generational. So I think the children that are coming through now are on such a different frequency than the majority mm -hmm. of our generation and so yeah. their children that's when it will really anchor in because their children will be yeah. so vibrational that all this the the example that just mm -hmm. came to mind when you were talking is i remember it was only maybe 10 years ago and i walked into a kitchen store like a cookware store and they had a big display of spiralizers <laughs> and i actually oh, cried. Yeah. i actually cried the, yeah. Spent like 10 years explaining to people what a spiralizer was. I know. I know. Like, oh my right. god. 
So right. like these kind of conversation we're having now in 10 years right. time, all the kids will have this level of awareness. And so yeah. what will they do with that? They'll be creating a different world, right? Right, right. And I think it will look different in that way for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm laughing because when I got to Sedona, there's like raw chocolate everywhere. And I went into this one store with a friend of mine and she was like, have you ever heard of raw chocolate? And I was like, I hated raw chocolate. You know? And I was like, all right, just relax your ego. You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I've heard of it. <laughs> Say, yeah, I invented it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree. It's it is gonna be. I I agree. It's generational because, oh yeah, it's a it's gonna be totally different. A few in a you know the next few generations that yeah, the world's not gonna look the same for sure. So tell us about the work you're doing now. You mentioned your Tuesday calls. Tell us about those. Yeah. So I do a Tuesday night healing, which is like, I love it. It's so cool. It's, um, it's on Tuesday nights at 9 PM Eastern standard time. So a lot of people are in bed or they just lay on the couch and I do like a minute of light language. And then I just do distance healing, but it's super powerful. And, um, that's like 45 minutes, 50 minutes. And, uh, then I just created a membership group, which I'm so excited about. And um, there's going to be all different. It's pretty intricate. There's all different topics. There's soul work, healings, readings, light language. Um, there's a Tantra area, daily life area. And then there's all these groups for like fitness and clean eating and all kinds of stuff. And um I'm going to be live streaming there. I'm going to have online courses that I'm setting up. So um, it's cool. I wasn't going to launch it for a few weeks until I was like settled because I'm going to be traveling in the next two weeks. But um, I told like some of my um, people that were in my past group and a bunch of people already signed up. So I'm kind of scrambling to get it going now, but it's really, I can't wait. It's going to be epic. So yeah, it's called the Soul Collective. When you say distance healing, is that Reiki or do you have a different form of? <clears throat> no, I just, again, it's kind of my own, like I'm trained in polarity and, you know, all kinds of stuff, but um, it, it's just kind of my own. Um, I just, again, like call in the divine and I hold my hands up and I do like whatever, you know, somebody needs, like if I need to clear something out and I work on people individually and then the group as a whole, so. Uh, sorry, my speaker went. Oh. <laughs> okay, so how do we, how do we learn about your site? Where is it? How do we find it? So if you go to alyssacohen.com, I have the membership site right on there. There's a button up top and then there's a big, space you can go to and just click right on that and it's like a monthly recurring thing yeah you can pay for the year or monthly there's two different memberships one is just like the whole membership and then one is um the membership plus the tuesday night healings plus all the courses so i feel yeah. like the future as well because i don't know about you but i'm completely over social media now and people talk yeah. about oh, when will the new platform come along but I just feel like that whole 
way of communicating is really engineered and very manipulative to our consciousness, right? So I feel like yeah. just kind of selecting different people that you're into mm -hmm. and that you follow and then kind of like tuning into what they're offering. That's that's like yeah. kind of panels on your TV more. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, I totally agree. Follow Kate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I hate, I mean, I use social media, but when you meet yeah. people that are in the same wavelength, right? And you haven't got to deal with all that kind of conflict. And yeah, it's so cool. I, I had a Facebook group that I just threw up like a year and a half ago, and I had like 80 people join. And um, so it's really cool. They all caught, they all saw it when I sent out an email, and they were psyched to get on it. And so yeah, it's like you know forming your tribe. So it's really, I'm, I'm so excited about it. Yeah. And anything yeah. else coming up? Are you doing any events or? So you do artworks as well. Say that again. We do artworks as well. Yeah, I yeah. So after I um had the concussion, I actually opened up an art gallery. And um yeah, that's I love that. That's my passion. I've thought of doing that again, but it's always like woven into the background. So I went to Laguna Beach a couple of weeks about a month ago and I did some healings there. And then the woman who has a store right downtown said, You gotta load up your truck when you get back and bring all your artwork out and I'll sell it for you. So you know, I kind of always go back and forth, but yeah, I love doing my art, but yeah, yeah, I did some like in-person stuff, but um, it's funny, I never thought I would like doing online, like my Tuesday night healings are my favorite thing to do, so I'm getting you, and it's so cool because you can reach people all over the world, you know, so it's kind of my new favorite. I love doing in-person, but I love doing groups, so whether it's online or in-person. Yeah, yeah. I just, I love when you, it's like you said, you're finding your tribe, right? So it's the people yeah. who totally get what you're offering and you don't, I felt like with the raw food, there was a lot of like explaining to do and yeah. it's all now just finding the people that totally resonate with what you're offering and then they can all like form friendships together as well. And that's yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> such a joy thank you so much for your time yeah you're welcome thank you it's great to finally see you and talk to you and yeah. you know it's weird we never met before but yeah. everything in divine timing yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get to meet in person either in i know i'll come to bali and visit you <laughs> bali or all three <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> thank you so much Lisa. you're welcome thanks kate